feet in length, a foot in diameter, with a simple valve screwed into the rounded end. They looked like nothing more than the common high-pressure acetylene tanks used by welders. But these cylinders had been modified to carry something besides acetylene, something extraordinarily lethal. The intelligence he'd gathered said there should be two more for a total of six. You're about to have company. The voice sounded in his earpiece. The second half of tonight's party is coming fast from the south. They're four minutes out. He acknowledged the warning and exhaled slowly to calm his racing heartbeat. Leading with his pistol, he stepped around the truck and fired at the closest man. Body armor necessitated headshots, and the first man dropped instantly, followed by the second. The third managed to draw his weapon before his head snapped backward from a single slug and he collapsed. The last man, the Watcher, frantically ripped away his goggles to identify himself. Don't shoot! It's me! Relax, he said as he lowered his pistol. My God, like some sort of ghost, you silently materialize out of nowhere. The others are coming, he said. How much money are they bringing? The price was set at 150,000 US dollars. How close are they? We have time. What of the informant who told you of this place? Dead. Will anyone be able to connect him to tonight's events? Doubtful. There are many bodies in Iraq. One more will mean nothing. You're right. He raised the pistol and fired twice, the slugs expertly placed for a quick and painless death. His comrade, a confused expression etched on his face, buckled at the knees and fell to the ground. Sorry, old friend, but the mission has changed. He holstered his pistol and began to move. According to his internal clock, he had less than ninety seconds until the car arrived. He snatched an M4 assault rifle leaning against the truck, lowered his infrared goggles, and half ran and half limped toward the road. He flung himself against a small sand dune and threw the weapon to his shoulder. A quick check told him the magazine held the full thirty rounds. As the speeding black Mercedes came into range, he squeezed the trigger and sent a stream of bullets into the car, destroying the radiator, exploding both front tires. Using short bursts, he walked the rounds across the windshield until it crumpled inward. He kept firing until the car swerved and flipped, hitting on its side and rolling three times before it came to rest well off the road. Flames erupted from under the wrecked hood as the engine began to burn. The gun was empty, and he tossed it aside. He drew his pistol and limped over to what was left of the Mercedes and surveyed the interior. The two men in the front seat were dead. They'd taken the full brunt of the 5.56-millimeter rounds. The passenger in the back hadn't been so lucky. He was hurt but alive, frantically praying aloud for Allah to spare him. He reached through the shattered side window and pulled a metal briefcase free from the clutches of the lone survivor. A quick check found stacks of American $100 bills. The fire was spreading fast, and he was forced to take a step back to escape the heat. He then raised the pistol and, with a squeeze of the trigger, ended the man's desperate pleadings. He removed his night vision optics and replaced them with clear protective goggles. The burning Mercedes would now serve to light the night. He limped to where he'd stashed the duffel containing his parachute and caught the faint whistle of turbines above the sound of the wind. 
Seconds later, a blinding light erupted as all of the C-130's landing lights were switched on at the last second. The airplane roared over his head so close he felt the rush of turbulence trailing the big four-bladed props as the plane touched down on the road. The chirp of rubber and the roar of propellers going into reverse pitch announced the arrival of the rest of his unit. The Lockheed C-130's rugged airframe and massive turboprop engines allowed it to spin around in a tight 180-degree turn and power toward him. He stood on the center line as the deafening whine from the turbine engines grew louder until the nose of the big transport eased into the orange-yellow light cast from the burning car. The engines remained running, and the rear door of the C-130 swung down. He joined the lone figure who exited the plane carrying a satchel. Together, they headed to their prize. The new arrival scanned the bodies, peered into...